Well, now that America's gone, welcome to Podcast Land. When you're in Podcast Land, there's a few rules I'd like to follow. Number one, watch movies every week, Glenn. Number two, boring entitled white men must have their own podcast. That's non-negotiable. And number three, when talking about movies, you must give a spoiler warning. The following podcast contains spoilers for Zombieland. You have been warned! This is your host, oh god, Gunjman Button. Hello, your host, Megama Gusto. Oh. I think I lost him. Oh man, were you, were you just running in circles from zombies? Yeah. I literally took two steps back and, and two steps forward, pretty much. That's, that's, why, would you, why would you do that to yourself? Uh, for continuity. Oh, uh, there you go. Uh, how you doing, Glenn? I am all right. I think that's actually the most I've moved all day, and it's, I might actually be passing out now. <laughs> well, you Woo! just hyperventilated yourself on purpose with all that deep breathing. <laughs> N- not all my blood's in my head, but hey. How are you? Oh, I, I, I am just dandy. Uh, got back into the, 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 the swing of things coming back mm. from Iceland. Uh, this will probably be the last time I mention that. I apologize to everyone that I've annoyed with talking about Iceland so much. But I'm a man of culture who has traveled <laughs> to Iceland, so I must talk about it. But Glenn, yeah. well, enough about Iceland. What oh. movies have you watched this week? I've watched a whopping two. Uh, mm. Two of which we had to do for the uh, podcast, just slash show, period. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so let's let's get on to that silly little, uh, little uh, what was the word? Uh, Willie, yes. <laughs> Uh, first, we had watched Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. Yes. Uh, were my emotions ready for it? Nope. Is nope. it one of my favorite movies of the year? Possibly. Yeah. You'll, you'll have, have to, to check out YouTube. You'll have to, to check out, out the, <laughs> the YouTuberoonies. Yes. Uh, and then, of course, I got into Zombieland a little bit ago, which uh, we might talk about. I haven't fully decided. Yeah, we might. We uh, might talk but, about it. Very quick onto that, let's get to you, you silly man. Yes. What did um, you get into? Like I said, I got back into the swing of things. I saw one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven movies after. Oh, yeah, you swung. You yeah. swung, all right. Seeing, I think I only saw ten in 21 days, which is still a lot. That's more than most people. But, uh,. Yeah, you know, for the the past the last episode, uh, the first one I watched uh, was for the one thousand one movies. It was a rewatch for Full Metal Jacket, Stanley Kubrick's mm. uh, Vietnam film. Uh, love it. it; is just as good that time around. Yeah. Highly recommend people uh, check it out if they haven't seen it. Full Metal Jacket, of course, it's got that famous uh, first act that is in the uh, the boot camp. Um, Arlie Army's first role, I believe. As the, I believe the so drill too. instructor. Uh, I know he Fun stole that fact. from someone. Yeah, That's my dad's favorite movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised. He probably, well, I don't know your dad, but he seems, from what I've heard, uh, seems like the kind of person who the message of that movie would be lost on. A little uh, bit. <laughs> sorry, uh, Glenn Warren II. Uh, <laughs> you little junior man. <laughs> hey, I gave him the dignity of calling him the second, not junior. <laughs> not junior. 
Um, Come on, Junior. <laughs> so that's Full Metal Jacket. Uh, then I knew we were going to see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I wanted to watch 1 and 2 to catch up. So I watched mm-hmm. 1 and 2. Uh, you know, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is probably the most consistent for me personally of the Marvel movies. So it was, uh, it was a joy rewatching them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Then uh, in between 1 and 2, I watched John Mulaney's new stand-up special, John Mulaney, Baby J. I've been uh, told many times to watch it. By yes, now. <laughs> it's the entire thing is about how he went to rehab back in 2020 or the end of 2020, early 2021, mm-hmm. uh, and how his life is much different now. Um, definitely a different vibe from his old stuff. Don't uh, th- granted, this was a, you know this was just one long story, so it wasn't like his normal style. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy it as much as of, of his other stuff. It still has a lot of really funny parts. Still probably one of the better specials out there, uh, but you know, I it, it was just different enough where I need to get used to it before yeah I, I can uh, decide if I like it better or worse than uh, his old vibes. As he even calls it out, he's like, I have a different vibe now. <laughs> yeah, I've I mean I've I've liked him, but I've never like gone out of my way to be like I need to watch some John Mulaney. Oh, yeah. So now that I'm getting pressured to watch the new stuff, I'm like, yeah. Watch his old stuff first if you haven't. His old stuff. Uh, oh, I've I've seen most of it. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, he uh, he was my second favorite comedian behind Mike Birbiglia. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Mike Birbiglia. He's so fucking funny. Uh, He's funny. Yeah. So yeah, that there's that. Uh, then we watch Guardians of the Galaxy three. Uh, have a YouTube video for that. You can head on over there to find out what I thought or and what Glenn thought too. Uh-huh. Uh, then for the 1001 movies you must see before you die, I watched the Rocky Horror Picture Show. That was a rewatch, of course. Uh, Tim Curry is in it as a. Uh, <laughs> I was actually just thinking about rewatching that. Oh yeah, I liked it a lot more than I did when I watched it. Uh, I think I watched it 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, no, not 20. I would have been. I, mean, I might have watched it when I was 13. I, I, I maybe maybe it was more 15. Oh, what a years movie ago. to watch. <laughs> I'm well. They, uh, I was in, um, I p- was like a kid extra in a high school play mm. when I was, uh, eight and yeah. they would play the time warp to get, uh, you know, warmed up. And so I was exposed to Rocky Horror Picture Show very early on. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. not that it's not, it's not like, I mean, yes, it's like a lot of it's about sex and stuff, but it's not yeah. like, it's not super graphic or anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I thought it was hilarious, more so this time around than I remember thinking it was back then. Uh, Tim Curry's great. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then uh, for the 1001 movies, I watched a French film from 1933 called Zero for Conduct, which is essentially about a boarding school filled with boys who uh, revolt against their teachers and everything. And uh, I did not like it at all. I thought it was... <laughs> uh, yeah, I I mean I I acknowledge no words need explained. Yes, I acknowledge that it's an important film, especially for French film, mm-hmm. uh, and it's got some great visuals in it. But it is also just very annoying uh, because the reason they revolt is really not that big of a deal, even by today's standards. And this was nineteen thirty three. It felt more like homework than anything. And it was only 40 minutes, too. So uh, it's I hate short. homework. Yeah. Uh, then, on Saturday, I had a double feature. I had a good old double feature at the movie theater. Watched Fool's Paradise, uh, directed, written and directed and starring Charlie Day from It's Just Always Sunny fame. 
I was a little disappointed when I saw that. Oh, that you saw that? Oh, I didn't. I thought you wouldn't want to come with we, me. We could have watched that instead of family. I mean, we could still go watch that instead hey, of family. We'll see. I don't think you understand how much I want to avoid Fast and Furious. <laughs> uh, then I watched Sisu, which uh, while watching it, I realized was directed by the same Finnish director as Rare Exports, a movie we talked about on this podcast. Mm -hmm. And the little kid who is in Rare Exports is also in this, uh, a, like 10 years older. And so is uh, the, the main guy in Sisu uh, is also in Rare Exports. Uh, and he is the father of the kid in Rare Exports. And I didn't know that. And also the director is the kid's uncle. So it's a whole family affair. <laughs> nepotism is not feud. just an American thing. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Uh, again, I have no problem with nepotism in, in movie making. It's I think it's the dumbest argument to be like, oh, they just hired them because they're friends and family. It's like, yeah, if you're making a fucking movie, you want to have people you like around you, you idiots. Uh, sorry. That, <laughs> I went really hard. No, there. you called them out. You got to stick your ground now. No, I mean, I'm not sorry for saying it. I'm sorry for <laughs> wasting your time, Glenn. Uh, my uh, time is never wasted. <laughs> but yeah, nepotism in Hollywood is not even worth talking about, so I don't know why people talk about it. Mm -hmm. uh, then I watched uh, a movie, because Netflix DVD is going away. I forgot to mention this last time. Oh, is uh, it? Yeah, September 29th. sad boy here soon. Yeah, I found out like five days before I found out Oaks was definitely closing while I was oh in Iceland. Oh my God, you're just getting a plethora of yeah, fuckery. And huh? it was just like, oh, September 29th is the last time we're sending out movies. Oh, oh great. God, that so, sucks. Yeah, I'm just trying to get through as many as I can uh, before then. Uh, so I watched Marty, which is the best picture winner from 1955. Uh -huh. uh, it's, uh, you know SpongeBob, right? Yeah. You know Mermaid so. Man and Barnacle Boy, right? Yeah, of course. So the main actor in this is the voice of Mermaid Man. Evil! Exactly. <laughs> and this movie is about this, this uh, guy who is uh, not conventionally handsome. He, he keeps calling himself fat and ugly, which I would disagree with. Uh, mm -hmm. I would admit he's not conventionally handsome, but he's not fat and ugly. Uh, and it's just about how people keep riding on him for not being married yet and it's just like tearing his self-esteem down and everything and it's very touching it's a very sad movie uh and sad. then he meets a woman who was also considered uh not attractive uh even though she she is in her own right and mm -hmm. uh it's just a very touching story about them kind of falling in love one of the rare romances that i was like oh this is nice i like this uh, yeah. but yeah so that's marty 1955 got mermaid man no barnacle boy though um, that's why yeah, why he might not have been alive yet i don't know who played Bar a barnacle boy but yeah uh but yeah that's marty and then i watched Zombieland, which we're gonna get into right now planet earth home to over six billion people today our very existence is threatened by epidemics climate change and dwindling resources. But those are the least of our problems. Welcome to Zombieland. My mother always told me, someday you'll be good at something. 
I mean, I don't think she could have guessed that, that something would be zombie killing. What do you think? Zombie killer of the week? Close, but no cigar. Zombie killer of the week went to Miss Cynthia Knickerbocker. Gotta enjoy the little things. A shy student trying to reach his family in Ohio, a gun-toting bruiser in search of a last Twinkie, and a pair of sisters striving to get to an amusement park join forces in a trek across a zombie-filled America. Yes, it's directed by Ruben Fleischer, written by Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, starring Jesse Eisenberg, Emma Stone, Woody Harrelson, Abigail Breslin, uh, Bill Murray's in there for a hot second, Amber Heard's in there for a hot second, uh, and pretty much everyone else is just like they come and go. They're they're extras really, um, uh-huh. and uh, yeah. So this came up in streaming roulette. Uh, neither of us really wanted to watch it, but it was the only one that I really had any interest in watching really or rewatching. Struck a fancy, if you will. Uh, yeah, I was not excited to watch this to say the least. Not that I dislike it. It's just I remembered it being a very meh kind of movie. To the point where I think the second one is better, personally speaking. Uh, uh, I'm going to go on record and say I never even watched the second one. I don't blame you. The only reason I did is because I was trying to get to 365 movies in 2020. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's that. And um, so, yeah, it's it's kind of... It was a movie I was really excited for when the trailer came out in 2009. And mm-hmm. then it came out and I was just like, oh, I wasn't... Uh, to say I was disappointed would be mean to the movie it was just like i realized i shouldn't get myself too excited about <laughs> things so yeah i guess i would say i was disappointed this was a this was a fun movie back in 2009 when a younger uh scantily clad uh how old was i 16 why year old. are you always naked in your stories about <laughs> you gotta enjoy human nature at all of its <laughs> aspects mike <laughs> But uh, back back in the days of a 16-year-old Glenn, this movie was on, ah, uh, fuck, was it on, like, it was like Stars or HBO, it was on one of those uh, premium channels, and the little Warren household would have it on from time to time almost a lot. Yeah. How old were um, you? 16. Oh, yes. Uh, 15, 16 at the time uh, when this came out. And little fun fact, not to make this weird for Miss Emily Stone, um... This is the one I absolutely crushed on her in. I was like, "That's this is the one that awoken something in me," um, and it was it was a, it was a Lovecraftian love yes. without without the Cthulhu. Um, yeah, I completely didn't even know she was in Superbad, even though she was like one of the main characters. But this is the yeah. one where I was like, "This is Emma Stone," and I have found. Uh, found love at once finally for me it was uh, super bad which makes sense because i'm i'm like f- four years older or three and a yeah. half years older than you um so but so when this came out i was also like yes emma stone welcome back mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i was a projectionist um, at the king of pressure theater when this came out and i remember running the film uh for the they had a special screening like uh you know um I, I don't they they don't think they ever do this at Downingtown, but at, at King of Prussia every now and then there would be like a uh, 
uh, an, a reward screening where like it was oh. first come first serve. They would always give out way too many tickets uh, just to make sure it was sold out. So it was never yeah. fun for the people working there because they'd have to turn away like a hundred people. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I watched it from the booth because they wanted someone to make sure the uh, film played correctly and that any issues were addressed right away. So my first experience watching this was watching it through a little uh, porthole. A little porthole, yeah. yeah. With with uh, the mono sound from the, the sound um, from the, uh, si- yeah, system from the, from the projector, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but... Y- but yeah, you know it's it's a it's a relatively fun movie. It, it obviously knows what it is. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Uh, has a lot of fun with it, it's, and that is very apparent with the uh, the opening title sequences, mm-hmm. where they're just showing a bunch of slow motion zombies. Which to me, the the little um, the little title sequences, and then the the. Um the little rule sequences, like the title cards, yeah. are like the second best part of this movie, honestly. Behind Emma Stone? Behind, well, no. Okay. Uh, all right, maybe maybe third, behind Emma Stone. <laughs> um, uh, one we'll get to in a minute, but like, like the, it was the first movie that I've ever seen use like kind of dynamic like little title cards and like it, they'd be uh, going across the screen tracking something or it would be on the like, back of a... A car or something. This is like yeah. the first one that I've ever recognized that ever felt like it did that. Yeah, and they would, and it would like, interact with the environment. Yeah, and like it would fall off or just anything would happen, like shatter. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But uh, this is the first movie I've ever seen. I, it kind of blew my mind with the title cards. And then it's been used, obviously, way more since. Um, and I, I, I have this to thank for that because it was so good. So good at doing that. Um, but to go off of, not to go back on crushing Emma Stone, but to kind of going off to back to 16-year-old me, this movie was uh, f- what a fucking grade A uh, selection from movies back at a 16-year-old's point in time. Yeah. Uh, and it has, I would say it, it's changed because obviously uh, fart jokes and burps and all that and throwing up is kind of just super gross now and I don't want to watch that anymore <laughs> yeah. and it doesn't make me laugh but for the most part it, it still kind of held up um, really the only thing that it felt like it hasn't held up is uh, that it felt like it was too short and that the ending was kind of too rushed like yeah. the, the, the third act was kind of too rushed but then I was reading some of these little trivia facts in here and I noticed that it this was originally a, a TV show Mm-hmm. Which made way more sense as far as like how rushed it felt and kind of like the random sequences of things happening, yeah. uh, especially the, the you know the zombie kill of the week and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but like that 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 second to third act where Emma Stone kind of and uh, that Abigail Breslin kind of dip off from um, the other duo. Mm-hmm. Um, it that that just felt so rushed that between Mark and then once they get to that little third part, that's like super short, and then it moves on and that's kind of it. Yeah, that's like the biggest flaw with it now for me. It's just like how quick that little part goes, mm-hmm. and then that's that's really it. I, you kind of wish there was at least like another fifteen minutes of like padding yeah. time to like brace yourself for that. I guess because mm-hmm. it does go, it does move quick. Yeah. Um, and it would have it would have benefited from that 10, 15 minutes possibly. Yeah. 
I remember a lot of the marketing uh, came off of the amusement park aspect. Yeah. So the biggest consensus that I remember from when it was released in 2009 was that people were disappointed that only like maybe 20 minutes tops takes place in an amusement park. That's um, not, I'm not even upset about that part for sure. Yeah, but I, I I'm just going off of what I remember. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. The the uh, the film definitely you're absolutely right. Like when I read that it was going to be a TV show, I'm like that makes so much more sense. This yeah. probably would have been better as a TV show, personally speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and that comes from someone who doesn't really care for TV shows. But um, the the yeah the the zombie kill of the week or the kill of the week or whatever you said. Uh, and and everything that happens feels like if it were fleshed out more, it could have mm-hmm. been that much better. Um, but the uh, going back to the title sequence just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the my favorite part of the title sequence is that there's some situations in it where you're just like, maybe not the first viewing, but second viewing, you're just like, how did they get in that situation? Yeah. Like there's that one where the the father and son are in a three legged race with a bunch of other father and sons, but yeah. th- <laughs> the other father and sons are zombies while <laughs> while they're not. Like how yep. the hell did that even happen? All of uh, the little girls are are zombies, but like the mom isn't and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just got a lot of like ridiculous shit like that. Um, and so, so like this movie definitely has fun with itself, uh, yeah. even even in the the scenes that are a little uh, more serious. Like Bill Murray being shot is probably the funniest thing to happen. And that's the number one spot that I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, I, I realized that as soon as you said no, it wasn't Emma Stone. I was like, oh yeah, Bill mm-hmm. Murray. Uh, but the the whole sequence with Bill Murray is just hilarious, and it like, if if it were real, obviously Bill Murray being killed for for doing a goof, yeah, would be one of the saddest things to have ever happened. And it would uh, be totally in Bill Murray's way to do exactly that. Yeah, too. and and just not even blame the person. Who's like, no, no, I had it coming. Oh my, his his <laughs> fucking comedic timing. It's like, do you think you're gonna make it? Very slow turns, waits, pauses. No, <laughs> just that that scene right there alone is so yeah. fucking solid. Yeah, uh, yeah. Bill Bill Murray's part is easily like the top spot for me Definitely. during the whole movie. Yeah, I the agree. rest I of re- it feels like just a, a bunch of sequences kind of meshed together. And obviously, this one is a sequence because he's in it for not even five minutes. Yeah, but it's easily the best part of the whole thing. Just how like comedic timing the whole thing was. Yeah. I remember when I watched this from the porthole uh, uh, when I was in the projection booth, the um, mm-hmm. the whole movie had been getting like light chuckles, uh, maybe even some pity chuckles or like, oh, I see what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, because no one big from the movie was there, but there's definitely representatives of the company that were there. So I think mm-hmm. a lot of people felt pressure to laugh and, and whatnot. And so the, the whole time... People were just going, oh, oh, yeah, you know, reacting the way that they think they were supposed to, but not naturally or, or whatever. And mm-hmm. then when Bill Murray came on the screen, that was like the first time there was like legitimately heavy laughter. Uh, not not to say it was the first laugh, because there were other parts that had good laughs, but it was like the first part where it was just like you could tell that this was the first time that it's getting the reaction that they thought it would. And, yeah, a, uh, a lot of the movie is a lot of light chuckling and stuff like that. Yeah. There's, there's not any part... Definitely the part that I actually laughed at and it was obviously the Bill Murray parts. It's not... I wouldn't say it's terribly hard for me to laugh during movies, but... Yeah. It, 
there's definitely parts that I only remember most of the time. Mm-hmm. If it, boom, Bill Murray. There's yeah. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy 3, laughed the whole fucking time. That movie mm-hmm. was hilarious. But this one only had like a good chuckle. Like, yeah. And it was just the Bill Murray part for me. There's there's two parts in this that aren't Bill Murray related that got me laughing really well. The first one is uh, in near the beginning when Jesse Eisenberg uh, runs in a circle to get away from the zombies, drops his keys, and yeah. runs in the circle again that you you kind of parodied in the beginning of this episode. Uh-huh. Uh, that got a legitimately like hearty laugh out of me. And then uh, after the first time Emma Stone and Abigail Breslin steal their car and they're walking, and Jesse Eisenberg says, hey, look at that minivan. Uh, and uh, uh, Will, uh, Woody Harrelson goes, oh, you starts, know something? That is nice. Yeah, it was just, <laughs> just starts beating the shit out of well, it. It wasn't even him beating the shit yeah, out of it. Yeah, it's that way he said it. Yeah. Oh, you know something? That is nice. That, it sounded you like know a, what? That is nice. It sounded like <laughs> such a, a dad thing to say. Yeah. It, it just, it got me, it got me good with that. Um, but, you know, it, even, even with it just being mostly like Chuckles, it is still like a, a fine entertaining movie yeah it's uh definitely not one i would seek the majority of the time mm-hmm. uh but if it were like you know back in the the wild days of cable if it were on tv i'd probably stick to watching it yeah. um now you know that before streaming when we could just pick pretty much anything we wanted to <laughs> pretty much we're spoiled these days man oh my god i'm a little brat mm. um i i often wonder how Why'd many, you say that so sexually? Uh, yep. I often <laughs> wonder, uh, what roles did Michael Sarah turn down and what roles did Jesse Eisenberg turn down? Because they're they're like almost the same person and play oh, the yeah. same characters. I wonder if one of, one of them was approached before the other and then... <laughs> well, Michael Sarah was definitely famous before Jesse Eisenberg. I would probably mm-hmm. say... Uh, let me go back. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg's sister was famous before he was, and now people don't even know his sister. Who? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, his his sister. um, Do you remember the the little Pepsi girl with dimples? Uh, no. Uh, there's a. She was also in a movie where she has like a bird or something. Uh, Is Haley Eisenberg? I believe so. Yeah, Haley Eisenberg. So in the 90s, oh, yes, I this see. was before your time. You got to understand oh, this. Yes, I was five years old when <laughs> yeah. this commercial aired. <laughs> and uh, there was a, uh, a Pepsi commercial. I believe it was Pepsi. C- correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, no, the Pepsi girl, yeah. Uh, <laughs> where, um, yes, yeah, she, she was in a, a, a Pepsi campaign for mm-hmm. a while. And then she was in a movie called uh Polly she's also in Bicentennial Man, Man. Polly yeah yeah and uh a few other things those were probably her bigger things is uh Bicentennial Man Polly uh and the Pepsi commercials um but then Jesse Eisenberg when was he getting real famous uh probably I didn't even realize he was in the village. Probably the Squid and the Whale was his first like breakout movie, and that's just a small independent movie. Oh, I was, I was, I'm assuming he was one of the. Obviously, he had to be one of the kids in the village. Yeah. Uh, oh, he, he was in the Squid and the Whale. Yeah, he is. Uh, so I think 2009 was his breakout year because he had Adventureland with Ryan Reynolds and mm-hmm. Kristen Stewart, and then Zombieland. Uh, so you know, up until 2009. He probably just picked up what Michael Sarah dropped. <laughs> I love that he was um, in Adventureland and then Zombieland back yeah. to back. Yeah. 
That's a, that's and then a, he talks about Facebook in this, and then he was in the social network a year later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't even know how we got on that. What are we talking about? Oh, with the Michael Sarah. And, and well, yeah, Michael Sarah. Uh, Not but that yeah, Michael Sarah was ever reproached, but it would. Yeah, it just those two are just so. Their similar vibes are similar, but Jesse Eisenberg has more of an intensity to him. Yeah. Whereas, like, you could never see Michael Sarah playing Mark Zuckerberg in the Social Network. Yeah. Uh, but Jesse Eisenberg could. But you could also never see Jesse Eisenberg playing Scott Pilgrim. Yep. Uh, that is very true. So, you know, they, they they are like a Venn diagram of awkwardness, and they meet in the middle a bit, but then they're on, they have separate... Same uh, wavelengths, but a little less spicy or more spicy, depending oh, on how... I, I like the way you phrase that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a... Uh, I remember people used to call Jesse Eisenberg the poor man's Michael Sarah. <laughs> uh, like right when he first became famous, I'm like, mm, yeah, that's not very nice. <laughs> this was made by uh, Robert Fleischer. I Ruben Fleischer. That's what I said. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so much anger in that. <laughs> I've never been into like almost any of his movies. Uh, I mean, I like obviously we're talking about Zombieland. Um, yeah. Thirty minutes or less, I never watched. Gangster Squad, from what I remember, wasn't that good. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm not a big fan of Venom, and Uncharted, I did not like. So, are those mostly Sony movies? I think so. Yeah. Maybe he's a reason why I don't like Sony movies that much. <laughs> they definitely have like a taste because I feel like his movies are a lot familiar with like other or like similar with other directors that work for Sony. Yeah. I just don't like that style specifically like this movie was good but it didn't feel like a a lot of those other ones and when it's like specifically for sony especially when like it's a like a marvel related thing too it always has like this it's always black and like a blue tint it's i don't know how to explain it other than that it's every sony marvel no 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 this this, like i said this one's fine but most anything like sony or just sony marvel relation it's usually like just black, dark, and then blue tint. I that's the I don't know how else to describe it. <laughs> no, it's it's the color grading. You don't like yeah. the color grading that they do. Yeah, which well, is and, and the mostly the writing, but sometimes yeah, the color grading. Yeah, it's um, yeah, he's he's got he's definitely. I mean, he's done a lot of really good TV shows like Superstore. He's done a few episodes of mm-hmm. uh, Between Two Ferns. Um, he was a producer on Robin Big. That's hilarious. Actually. Hey, Robin Big is great. And I Fantasy Factory, Big. yeah, those yeah, are great. Santa Clarita Diet uh, is great as well. Uh, so he definitely seems like his style is better suited for TV, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Granted, when you're a director of a TV show, there's not too much creativity you got with that because you got to go with what the showrunner's going. Yeah. Um, but you know, th- with this, this feels more like a TV show. Uh, I've seen out of his movies 30 minutes or less, um, which I probably would have enjoyed more if it wasn't making fun of someone's actual murder. Uh, Isn't that also Jesse Eisenberg? Yeah, that is Jesse Eisenberg. That was his first movie after this. The movie itself is fine. It's just like it's making fun of a real person's murder. Yeah. uh, Which is not cool. Um, Not cool. And there's actually a great documentary on that, that murder, too. That uh, I forget the name of. Maybe uh, editor Mike will put it in here. It's called Evil Genius, and it's on Netflix. Oh, 
Uh, haven't seen Gangster Squad. I, I was listening to a podcast with Ruben Fleischer. He was on the uh, uh, Films to be Buried with with Brett Goldstein. Uh-huh. And he was talking about uh, the the Gangster Squad was famously uh, the first trailer had a bunch of uh, mafia mobsters coming in to a movie theater with uh, machine guns. Uh, but they had to cut that after the shooting at the Aurora Theater. Oh yeah, uh, Aurora, Colorado, for the Dark Knight for Rises. Dark Knight. Um, and from what the way he described it, I haven't seen the movie or that. From mm-hmm. how he described it, that was going to change the movie completely. Like it was, it was like a big moment in the movie. It was like the the climax of the movie. So to have to change, obviously, it was the right thing to do to change the climax of that movie if that was the climax, but. It could have been amazing, um, and from what I heard, it's just kind of lackluster. I do want to check it out at some point to make my own opinion, uh, and I'm sure you could probably also find that scene somewhere. Um, yeah. So I, I would like to, I'd be interested in checking that out. I can't uh, remember if I can. I feel like I read somewhere that he didn't want Emma Stone in that movie, but because the star power between him or her and Gosling was so high at the time that he put her in or something like that. I could I be wrong, completely wrong about that. Uh, but yeah, zombie, we, we kind of went off a major tangent there. Zombieland, it's all right. overall, fun movie. Uh, yep. Doesn't really, it's not very memorable. I, I yep. forgot a lot of this uh, until I was watching it. I was like, oh yeah, but it's not something that comes up. Well, it's it's funny, you can forget a lot of it, but still like Remember not miss anything. Way. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's, yeah. And then double tap, in my opinion, the second one is is better. Uh, it's more it's more fun. I feel like this one was trying to be kind of like cool, mm-hmm. and then double tap from my memory, if it serves correctly, uh, is just like it leans into the stupidity of everything, yeah. um, which which I think really worked for it. But uh, yeah, that's really all I got to say. Hmm. Um. Yeah, it was it was a good movie, good to rewatch. You know. Um. I'll probably never watch it again unless we have to do another assignment on it for some reason. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just a genuine, just a genuine time. Yes. So that does it for our review for Zombieland. That brings us to the judgment. As always, it needs to be a unanimous decision whether or not it goes to cave ourselves with the likes of Apostle or Handmaiden. Glenn, mm. heads or tails? Tails. Tails. Tails, you go. All, All right. right. So Glenn, does Zombieland make it on the cave our shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden? Uh, I like the movie. I don't really have that many things to downgrade it in the slightest. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people would have fun with this movie, and I, I wouldn't necessarily put it on the shelf for anything extraordinary, but I have nothing really extraordinarily bad to say about it, so sorry if that does not help you. <laughs> no, that that's exactly what I was going to say. It's a, it's a yeah. fine movie. Uh, you and I both... Uh, I fell more in love with Emma Stone. You fell in love with Emma Stone for the first time while watching it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, n- not that it has anything to do with the movie. That's just two lonely boys. Lonely fellas. <laughs> making fantasies in their head about a woman they'll never meet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you, um, you hold your tongue now. <laughs> <laughs> That's sure, my she's Emma Stone. married. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fun movie. I have no qualms about it. I have no negative things to say really it's fun it knows what it is it doesn't take itself too seriously uh it's just not something that is like 
amazing that I'm going to recommend to a lot of people. In another universe, we would have had the Zombieland TV show, and it probably would have been fucking amazing. Yeah. Probably would have ran for 20 years like Walking Dead did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I will also say it does not go onto the shelf. Right. But again, fine movie. Enjoyed watching it. There's that. So, Zombieland does not make it on the KFR shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaid, and that brings us to our assignment for this week. It is my turn to pick. Uh, and as everyone knows, this year I've been having Glenn pick by yeah. picking a number. Uh, this year, or this week, it's going to be uh, a number uh, between 1 and 37. Glenn, what do you pick? Uh, 36. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> I forgot you have to... <laughs> Two hours later. Ah. Okay. So, we got a little movie. You couldn't just, like, count backwards from the last two? I, I, I'm dumb. You know this. I'm <laughs> dumb. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. So, yeah. I, I'll figure out that math for the next time. But anyway. Uh, so, yeah. F for those of you who are wondering, what I have, just so I don't have to reorganize them every single week. Uh, I have a random number generator, and that's where I start counting from. Uh, so that's that's on me. i got to figure out a better system. But anyway, this week, uh, Glenn picked 36, which ended up being number 28, which is Walk the Line. Oh, oh, hell yeah. He was hit by a truck, and you were lying out in that gutter dying, and you had time to sing one song. One song that would let God know what you felt about your time here on Earth. One song that would sum you up. That's the kind of song that truly saves people. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. I got to ask you how you came up with that sound. Is that like a train, sharp like a razor? We'd play faster if we could. The taste of love is sweet. We're all going to hell for the songs we sang. What about me, Charlie? Am I going to hell? No, Jim, you're beautiful. <laughs> Bound by wild desire, I fell into a rainbow. Sorry, it just happened. You should try taking credit for something every once in a while. Come on, baby. Baby, 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 baby. from performing any tunes that remind the inmates that they're in prison. I think they forgot. The Ring of Fire. Joaquin Phoenix, Reese Witherspoon. And what's with the black? It's like you're going to a funeral. Maybe I am. Walk the line. Have you seen this? I have. You have? I have not seen it. Uh, I remember It came out when I first started working at the movie theater back in 2005, and Great Balls of Fire was uh -huh. stuck in everyone's head. Uh, so anyway. I have not seen this in a long time, and I don't remember fuck about it, besides well, it being about Johnny Cash. Yeah. So it's going to be on HBO Max, of course. Uh, apparently, mm -hmm. let's see what other options there are. Uh, just HBO Max. You can also rent it, of course, uh, from any rental place uh, for a few bucks. A chronicle of country music legend Johnny Cash's life from his early days on an Arkansas cotton farm to his rise to fame with Sun Records in Memphis, where he recorded alongside Elvis Presley, Jerry Lee Lewis, and Carl Perkins. Didn't stutter! Yes, I'm still here! I, I've uh, never been more proud. It is directed by James Mangold, written by Johnny Cash, probably based on memoirs or something. Uh, let me 
open this up and see. Uh, yeah, based on the book uh, uh, by Johnny Cash and Patrick Carr, uh, written by Gil or Jill. I'm going to go with Gil, Dennis, and James Mangold, starring Joaquin Phoenix, Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Goodwin, Robert Patrick, Dallas Roberts, uh, Dan John Miller, Larry Bagby. Let's see who else, uh, if anyone. I feel like there's got to be at least someone else. Maybe not. I don't recognize anyone else. Austin Butler's in there, I think. Is he? Can you fucking imagine that he played Elvis <laughs> tw- like 20 years before? <laughs> what, what do you have him say anytime he's in Dune? <laughs> What's that meme? Hey, mama, all these chuckleheads trying to get the spots. <laughs> chuckleheads. Uh, so, yes, uh, it's going to be Walk the Line. I'm actually really excited. I, I wanted to see this when it was in theaters, but like... This for those of you kids out there. This was before uh, they had the Affordable Care Act, which limited how much people can have you work without giving you health insurance. So mm-hmm. I worked forty hours pretty much every week from the time I was sixteen until that was passed. You're a working uh, boy. Yeah, I, I liked working at the movie theater back when it was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I just never got a chance to go see this. Uh, so I'm excited to see it. I've seen the Dewey Cox story, though. Oh, my God. I love that. That's also on the list. That uh, Oh, we should have just did, like, a little duo pack. Well, it's uh, Dewey Cox isn't um, Walk Hard, that one is, is, is not streaming currently. So it's, it's temporarily uh, I I, off the I, list. I have it somewhere. Or my mom uh, does. I can't remember who I mean, I, I have it on DVD, but I'm talking about for our, our listeners out there. But uh, if you want to know. <laughs> if you want to know, this list is actually, like, 60 movies long. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have to remove any time a movie's not streaming. So yeah. this week was only 37. Uh, so yeah, Walk the Line is our assignment for next week. Thank you everyone for listening. You can check that movie out on HBO Max. As always, you can check out our website at www.keystonefilmreview.com on Instagram where you're Keystone underscore film underscore view, TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook, Keystone Film Review, and on Letterboxd, I'm Mike KFR. And I'm Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week when we have our balls of fire that are on fire that are our balls great balls of fire freaking nuts you know johnny cash accidentally uh made a bird go extinct or almost did did. one of those yeah he started a forest fire in california that either made a bird go extinct or almost made a bird go extinct i'll have to look that up before next week's episode what a goofball what a goofball almost illegally doing things yeah goodbye everybody bye-bye